Hello fellow Redbirds, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 50. Please follow us on our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account to be notified of our latest podcast videos. Also go visit our website www.birdfansforever.com where you can find a list of our previous podcasts. Finally, go visit Bird Fans Forever on YouTube and slam dunk that subscribe button. Our YouTube site has our Redbird Game Archive, where you can go find a classic Redbird game to watch. We've been getting a lot of videotapes from friends of the podcast that Pem has been transcribing to our video library. Uh, game, games for our player guests are out there on our YouTube account, so go find a good one to watch. Don't forget to support our Redbirds by buying the Empower the Nest beer from Keg Grove, Keg Grove Brewing Company. We know there are plenty of other beer lovers out there, so buy a four-pack of Empower the Nest beer to support our Redbirds. Our guest today played for the Illinois State Redbirds from 1982 to 1987 and is a two-time MVC, two-time All-MVC selection. He received second-team honors in 1986 and first-team honors in 1987. He led the Redbirds in both points and rebounds for two seasons, 85-86 and 86-87, and ranks number 36 in ISU history for scoring with 1,088 points. He played in one NIT and two NCAA tournaments, and was inducted into the Percy Family Hall of Fame in 2011. Please welcome to the podcast, Redbird for Life, Derek Sanders. All right, welcome to Bird Fans Forever. I'm excited. Uh, this is episode 50, Derek Sanders. He was a junior and a senior when I was a freshman and sophomore at Illinois State. He was a huge influence on Gerard and Sonny and I, and uh, I mean, just how to play physical and that stuff. So welcome, Derek. Love you. How you doing? Hi, how you guys doing? All right. Yeah, good to be here. <laughs> good. I like to, to call out, I was a, a, a redshirt sophomore. I was sitting on the bench. We were laughing about this before. I had great front row seats to watch my boy here against Akron in the first round go for 20 points and 11 rebounds. That's his first double-double. He'll turn around against Cleveland State in the second round of the NIT. He'll go 11 for 13, 83% from the floor, and his second double-double, 27 points, 12 rebounds. Beast mode, big boy. Yeah. Then, in the, then against Akron, or uh, LaSalle, I'm sorry, who has Jeff Legner, who's on ESPN, and then Lionel Simmons, who will go on to be the player of the year, my senior year, he Derek will go seven or twelve for seventeen for seventy percent from the floor for twenty six points and his third double double. Mm. Reason why you're in the Hall of Fame, big man. So love you. How do we? We always start the, the the episode with how'd you get the ISU. So let's talk about your recruiting process. Uh, I was I went to Chicago Christian High School, so we were in a private school league, but we played a lot of. Uh, a lot of the public schools and uh we didn't quite make it downstate i think we got to one game out of the the state the state championship in uh champaign and then uh during that process uh, a lot of big schools came through most of them were within the uh chicago region so a lot of the chicago state um uic and then we went further south like bradley isu like I was saying before, ISU and Bradley were probably my top two um, picks that uh, that I was really leaning towards. One thing that really stood out to me was um, when Dick Versace came 
to my my place. He sat in the living room with my granddad, mom, and other family members, and he was he was honest. He said, "Look, when you come, we really want you to play, but you probably won't play your first year because they had a pretty good junior senior uh, class." And he said, "I probably may not be here for your your duration of the." Your college career because I'm I'm I got an offer to go to the NBA and he wound up leaving, I think at the end of the season going to Detroit, yeah. Pistons, and uh, moving on from there and then I went to Illinois State and probably was my best, best move yeah because uh, Illinois State at the time was highly ranked, so we we had uh, we played a lot of good, out of out of conference tournaments and. A lot of top quality teams, so it had gave me a chance to really, really get to get some good competition. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about your freshman year. Um, we were looking at the stats going back. Uh, did not play against Alabama in that first win in the NCAA tournament, but then you come against DePaul, who is the number one seed in your region, mm. and. Um, you play 14 minutes as a freshman, two for four from the floor, four points, four rebounds. Nice work. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that game at all? I mean, oh, there's some big names I, in that game. Yeah, I remember I remember parts of it. I know um, going into the game, it, it was quite uh, nerve-wracking because, I think, like you said, they were ranked uh, number right. one. Number one. And a lot of those guys I can remember playing in some summer league uh, here in, in Chicago, we had a lot of little summer league uh, competitions that we used to play over during the off season. So I had I, Terry Cummings and uh, not so much Mark Aguirre, but Terry Cummings played a lot of summer league games. And it was probably a good opportunity to showcase my talent versus theirs. So that probably helped a bit. You know, when I did get in the game, I wasn't as intimidated as I thought I would be. Um but I did get a lot of foul trouble. I think I was a bit, <laughs> I was a bit uh, gun high and trying to block everybody's shot and getting steals. So that 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 over over the memories that memories that I do have is probably I did get in a lot of foul trouble as, as over my career, which probably set me back a bit. You know, staying on the court longer than what I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. only had three fouls in eleven minutes against DePaul. That's yeah. not bad. That's not too yeah. bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Yeah. And I'm right there. So your influence. I was in a lot of foul trouble because of your influence. I'm blaming you for this. <laughs> That's it. I think he had four fouls against uh, USC. Uh, yeah. You played like 17 minutes there, and Oklahoma. You played. Uh, 18 minutes, those were your sophomores. Mm, and mm. You had six, six and four points. You played against some good competition. Oh, yeah. I think Oklahoma yeah, had a really good team. Yeah. Yeah, mm. there's someone named Mr. Tisdale. That was oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you tried blocking that one out, right? Oh, I, I blocked that one out. He just said the two, <laughs> the two that the, the two, the two players that really, um, really stood out. Uh, over my career would have been playing against Wayman Tinsdale and uh, and Hersey Hersey Hawkins. Oh, yeah. I think he lit us up a few times over the over the year. But we always gave Bradley. Um, I think because of the rivalry, we always gave them a, a good a good run for their money. So uh, that probably talk about that. Thing. 
Yeah. Talk about that ISU Bradley rivalry. Oh, that was that was just that was just over the top. I think I think that was probably one of the biggest rivalries in the in the conference over the over the years. And uh we always gave them a good good run for their money. Especially when we went down to Peoria and then when they came down to the field house. It was it was really, really good. Because I think the field house it was more compact. I believe the stadium is a bit more spacious now, but at the field house back in the day, it was really compact, and it gave us a lot of home court advantage, which was quite good. Oh, it was always packed. Yeah. It was always packed. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you would have played a y- two years in Robertson Memorial Field Hall, and then you played in the Civic Yes, Center. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I think the old field hall, I, I could never forget. I always tell the kids I used to coach, I said, I remembered if we did have a bad game, you probably caught, copped some of this too. Um, coach Donna Waller be sitting on his little chair on the side of the bench and we'll get the suicides and he'll say, run till I get tired. I was just like, wait a minute. We, you're sitting down. When are you going to get tired? <laughs> that was probably yeah, that was. That was my freshman year, right? Because we were 16 and 14. Yes. We struggled a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, you had a lot of sophomores in Matt and Jeff mm. and Tony and Cliff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill Bradsick had left. And so, um, and then you had freshmen coming in, Gerard and Ricky and Randy. Yes. And yes. I was a red yes. shirt. Sonny was eligible to play. Mm. And so, yeah. Well, Bradsick so, was still on that team, right? So, so, so your freshman year, that, that's the year we were uh, one game over, there, there was only three upperclassmen, right? There was William, was a senior. Yeah. And it was Bill, Bill and you. And then yes. it was fresh. There was a, I don't know. There, it seemed like there was a dozen freshmen. I, I know it was seven or eight. but uh, And then you had the four four sophomores, mm. right? Mm. So t- talk about that. Like how to be being on a team where there's only three upperclassmen and, and, and how you had to go in and... and, and well, I think um, I think Lou Lou was Lou still there. Lou was there. No, Lou was gone. No, Lou had left. Gone. Yeah, because Lou was yeah. my Lou had left because we were roommates at my ooh, I think my freshman year at one stage. So he he was a big influence on me. But uh, that following year, we uh, it was it was probably it was probably a challenge for me because you had to be uh, become a leader as, at a younger younger age so that probably uh was was a bit of a challenge you know to try to uh stand out and be able to you know lead by example as you say to to for the younger guys and the older guys as well so you know that was a challenge that's probably the biggest memory i had you know trying to uh be a leader sooner than i than i wanted to be yeah and you were really the vocal leader of that, my freshman and sophomore. Mm. Right? Matt and Jeff and Tony and Cliff were all sophomores. I yes. had that class of eight freshmen with me. Yep. William is quiet. We call him Rev, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. We call him Rev. And Bill just, well, that wasn't his personality. I mean, he never, mm. Bill never got mad at anything. No, he I've didn't. Seen people, <laughs> I've seen people punch Bill, and Bill just like, okay, you punched me, so what? You didn't do anything to me. I'm still here, and he just keeps going. And he's smiling at you. Yeah, he'll smile right? at you, yeah. <laughs> the big seven foot up, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All right, talk about 
Um, you know, we go through that year. Any other freshman memories you want to talk about? Oh, sophomore memories. I, I think the sophomore memories for my sophomore memories probably getting to the, the the biggest thing is when we went to the tournament. I think that was that was probably the highlight over the over my playing career was that that NCAA tournament. I know a lot of people. Um, they talk about it over the years, but when you actually go through and experience it, it it's really uh, it's really something to, um, to sort of really cherish. And, and um, I think that was probably my biggest my biggest uh, memory. I think I remember we went to that might have been the first year we had to go to Oral Roberts, and I remember driving into the stadium and the whole stadium was covered in gold and you had the gold purring ants at the at the front entry gate and then you go in the stadium and yeah it's just it was it was just it was just good memories yeah it was good memories and 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 i think that was probably the thing that really stood out the games um going back because it's such a long time ago you you got little flashbacks of when when we played, I think when I played Oklahoma, I, I can remember Wayman Tinsdale because he was much bigger and stronger than I was. And I can remember trying to push him off the block and he wasn't moving. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I had that what they call wiry strength, but, you know, I just couldn't couldn't hold up to him. I mean, he was just a, a, a monster of a of a of a player and talent so that was probably a big challenge but i mean i held my own um and which was good and uh that was probably a, a, a good memory i had over the over those two two uh two opportunities we had in the tournament mm. so derek this saturday isu is having returned to horton so they just started this last year and, and so we all attended that game there was only 3500 people in, in the Horton at last year's game. And we used to have over 7,000 in there, just compact. Yeah. And the noise with 3,500 compared to Redbird Arena, it, it just brought back such great memories. It was deafening with only 3,500. Talk about playing at, at Horton and, and, and how that was, and maybe compare it to like other places in, in the Missouri Valley. Oh, like uh, you hit it! You hit it right on the head. It, it's it, it's it's deafening, especially when um, when you're winning and you're up and uh, you're making a big comeback. It's like the the noise of the stands and the fans, and I think the way the acoustics was throughout the building, it just penetrates your body. It just goes right right through you, and then. Uh, it just made you, gave you that, that extra, extra boost. And like they say, you got that six man. That definitely was our, our six man on the, on the court when we, when we were out there playing and doing our thing. Yeah. Uh, other stadiums, probably the other one that really, really stood out to me that was, that was quite loud was, um, I think when we, uh, like, ooh, what was it? It was a might have been Indiana, Indiana State. We we that that was another stadium that that sort of brings back brings back memories of of the noise. That was the atmosphere. I think the stadiums were a lot smaller, 
back then compared to what they are now. So it, it and the way they were set up and the, the noise and the sound that sort of traveled around throughout the court really, really made a difference if you were, if you were um, the away team or the home team. Yeah. But Derek, also talk about the fact that your freshman, sophomore year, you guys were ranked. So when you're coming into these foreign gyms, Mm. You're the hated team of the conference. Yes, yes, we were that. We were the hated team. I can remember. I think I, I, I went back and watched one of you guys' old, old episodes. I think you had uh, you had Matt, and I think we were. I can't remember the team we were playing, but Matt said he remembered they were yelling out uh, at me and said I was a farm boy, and the guys were laughing <laughs> like they're from Chicago. You know where's. Where you get this farm boy stuff from? <laughs> I did. I didn't. Re- I don't recall him saying that, but that that just really stood out, man. When Matt when Matt said that, um, but um, I think um, my freshman and sophomore year, I can remember us going in the stadium, and that really, really uh, made a um, a big difference because a lot of the fans were heated, and it sort of made the competition a bit better because they knew we were the, the team to beat and they were trying to knock us off our pedestal. So that was probably uh, a good highlight over my, my first two two years at Illinois State. Yeah. And you guys got uh, – you remember we were talking off air about how high you guys were ranked at one point. Can you kind of talk about that when you guys – um, I think because, um, like I said, as a freshman year, you didn't really think about it. I mean, we knew of it, and uh, now with the technology and cable and and social media, it it you you really didn't it really didn't set in until you actually uh, watched it on on TV or or the coaching staff told you about it. But um, I think it really hit home once we got closer toward the the tail end of the season and we were ready to uh to move on to tournament play and that's when it really stood out how good we were and and how talented we were um um and that 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 probably was looking back from now that probably was a good highlight to to sort of remember Mm. see and i remember you my freshman year when especially i room with you on the first trip for those old uh, old people they used to put the USA or whatever newspaper out front of your door yes. in the hotel room. Yeah. And we picked that up, and then you would, uh, you first time you'd open it up and go right to the sports yeah. section and go, oh, here's the top 25 ranking, yeah. right? And, goes, and then I remember you telling us, oh, last year we were always ranked here, and that's how we would find out about it back then was the newspaper, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like I said, with, without without the social media and stuff, you didn't see it unless you watched it on on TV or, or you read it in the paper, you didn't really know where you where you were as far as ranking goes, as far as the rest of the teams. And and you didn't play a lot of those teams that were above you anyway. So it was, that's why I said it was good for us to sort of wait until we got toward that tournament play. And that really gave us a, a sort of gauge of how good we really were. And um, a lot of teams respected us over the years. Um, so that was probably a good highlight to have in memory. But your freshman sophomore year, Wichita State was ranked. I yeah, mean, they had, yeah, I think Wichita State they had, and Tulsa. Two Car Brothers and a yes, yeah. and a, uh, what's his name? 
But I think Missouri, Missouri Valley might have had to, ooh, they might have had quite a few teams ranked because Creighton had Benoit Benjamin, if I recall. Oh, yeah, Benoit Benjamin. Yeah, the big fella, he wound yeah. up going to uh, the Clippers. Um, yeah, and then you had, Xavier, you had Xavier McDaniels. That's the name I was thinking about for Wichita State. Yeah, yeah. Wichita State. And then um, I believe Nolan Richardson was coaching Tulsa at the time when we yes, were there. Yes, he was. Yeah, Tulsa so, was top twenty-five. They had Steve Harris. Yes, and uh, they, they they won the conference. Mm. Uh, your, your sophomore year, and then yeah. Wichita and ISU were. were yeah, were, were yeah, nice. ISU, and then obviously the the Bradley. A um, lot of the a uh, lot of the other teams in in our conference were 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 quite good, but um, I think we were we were probably the the power. The powerhouse in the conference my freshman year we were right up there so i yeah. think that was that was uh probably a, a fond memory that i had that we were quite quite respected in that way yeah so, so talk about horton i'm gonna tell you a game that i remember uh where horton was just busting mm -hmm. you mentioned Bonite benjamin so so crate came in um they had started doing well and you guys just you beat Creighton down like I don't know. It was like ninety something to sixty. Yeah. And I and freshman year we sat in those north uh, uh, um, end zone state things, right? And, yeah. And the students were just going crazy that whole game. I mean, talk about the vibration. I mean, the, the stands were shaking. Oh, okay? that, that's I mean, what I said. When they're shaking, I'm saying they were literally shaking. Yeah, yeah. Like like John was saying, you can if you were sitting on the. Bench, you can see the lights sort of moving in the in the in the in the rafters, and you felt the floor and the ground under you vibrate. I said, when the only thing I can remember when we were either making a run or getting a big lead or hitting a shot, you can feel the 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 noise and the intensity just go through your whole your whole body. You know, it was like a chill. And it, it just it just uh it was just an awesome feeling. That's all that's the only way I can describe it. It was an awesome feeling. And then when you were winning or making a comeback, it just made it made it even more 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 better and exciting. But I think Horton probably that it, it, it probably was the better of the two stadiums to to sort of play in in that sort of atmosphere. I think when we went to the other venue, it was a much bigger venue, and you didn't feel that it was loud, but you didn't get that really close, intense, intense uh, fan enthusiasm that you did in Horton. That's it's, that's just my opinion. Yeah, you know, some people may may feel a little bit different, but I think Horton, you really got that closeness and that feel of of being being at the game. I think the only way I can describe it is. When I'm at home and I'm watching a game, I'll put the surround sound on and turn it up loud so it, you can feel that intense from the from the crowd and the noise so it goes through you. And my kids were like, Dad, why is the TV so loud? <laughs> I said, I want to feel like I'm there, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's my fond memories of the two, the two venues, yeah. All right, so let's talk. You were, uh, and we're going to explain this to the fans, the NBA at the time had 30 teams. The Raptors and the Grizzlies are not part of the NBA. You are drafted number one in the CBA, would have been drafted in the second round of the NBA had 
there have been two extra teams yeah. and there have been 64 drafts and picks instead of 60. Mm. So you drafted number one to the CBA and you go to the Rockford. Oh, Quad City Thunder. Oh, that's right. Quad City Thunder. That's right. I which kept was, thinking Rockford. Was, no, no, no. Which was, which was, um, if I, my memory was correct, you had uh, the two Illinois side was Rockford and I think Moline. Quad City. Yeah, yeah, the Quad Cities. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then you had so, yeah, you're right. uh, yeah, Moline. Oh, I can't remember the quads. Yeah, so it's two cities in Iowa, two cities yeah. in Illinois, and the Mississippi River River was the dividing line. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you played the Quad City Thunders. How long did you play there? I played there for one season. Yeah, I one was. Season. I was there for one season. What had happened was because when I at that time i was they were trying to mold me into playing the guard position because i was only six, okay. six at the time and you know i was sort of 100 and at that time i wish i was now i was a hundred and <laughs> probably hundred and no two I'm, I'm going in kilos i gotta switch back man see my yeah, Aussie you were like 205 <laughs> yeah you were like 205 yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was going. Yeah. I was going to say 115 kilos, but yeah, 205, yeah. and um, so they wanted me to play the guard position. So they were molding me into moving out to the three and two. And I wasn't a great shooter, as you will remember. I used to love to drive to the basket and dunk and and do my little jump hooks and spin moves. But they were sort of pushing me out toward the uh, the three point line. And as as we were working along, working along, and at the time, Quad City was affiliated with Houston Rockets. Okay. So um, about halfway through the season, uh, uh, Mitchell Wiggins' dad uh, and uh, Lewis Lloyd, they were both ex-Houston Rockets players, and I think they got suspended for some off-the-court you know, violations. Yeah, but they were making yeah. a comeback. And as they came back, my time started to dwindle a bit. And that's when um, probably halfway, because back, back then, Quad City and all the CBA, you can be in the locker room getting ready to go to the, get on the bus and go to the game, and you'll get a tap on the door by the manager and say, either you're traded or, or we've, we've released you. So, um, we released you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got back to, we I can't remember what team we played, but. We wind up coming back to Quad City, and and they told me that um, they were going to go with the two Houston Rocket players, and then that's when I wind up going to Australia after that. Yeah. And, and your story is similar to Slick Rick's, right? Slick mm -hmm. Rick gets sent down to when he gets uh, signs with the Nets. I think he was in the Nets. Um, yeah. Either he or Hank and. So then the Nets sent him to Connecticut. So he gets on the plane to fly to Connecticut. When he lands, then he's now been shipped to Florida. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he decides he's going back to normal. So yeah. then he flies back to Chicago. When he lands in Chicago, he's been left from Florida. And now he's in somewhere in like, yeah. you know, yeah. the Quad City. So yeah. and in the course of two flights, he's been traded three traded times. Traded three so, times. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then, it was a bit was a bit cutthroat the the cba which is now um they they developed it C into the they went to C the d league d league 
and now yeah, G League. League. Yeah, so G League. Yeah, yeah, so it went just going to the to the G League, and I think now the NBA is a bit more um, involved. So I think they're more affiliated with uh, particular uh, particular teams. So a team would be associated with that NBA squad, and and nowadays, yeah. so back then, it was no real affiliation. It was just who, which veterans we can get. You know that, that can help right. us move on. Yeah, but one thing I stop here. Yeah, I think one thing I do remember was in the CBA is you play through quarters. So each quarter you get so many points, and you can you can probably lose the game, but you can uh, still advance in the finals if you if you win so many quarters. That's probably what stood out stood out the most. Yeah. So so Derek, you played in the CBA that that first year. Eventually, you made it to Australia. So let's talk about how you got there, and then talk about a little bit down under and how that differs from uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, to, uh, how I got to Australia, um, I went to a free agent camp in in Los Angeles, and we actually um, we actually played a few games with a lot of uh, NBA players during off season. It was like a summer league, where it was more of a, a camp where recruiters from Teams in Europe, Australia, everywhere come and watch players play. I actually played with uh, Scott Brooks. He was the he was the point guard at the time, and um, we had a our team had a, a pretty good run. I think we made to the semifinals of that little tournament. And when I came home, I was sort of listening. I had an agent at the time. And he was more of a NFL agent slash basketball agent. So uh, he was talking to a few teams in, in Australia. So he said, look, what we'll do is I'll send you, um, I'll send you uh, some uh, information, see if you like it, and then we'll, we'll continue the negotiation. So uh, I wound up coming out to a team called Nottawad Inspectors, which was one of the uh, – second division teams in the top league in, in, in Australia because they got what's called the NBL, which is their national competition. And then they had a second competition, which was equivalent to uh, Division 1A, um, like they have in Europe. You got your top, and then they go down A, B, C, D, and 2. And I want to plan six months. The idea was to go play for six months and then come back, and the agent would be on the phone, and he said, oh, I got you a tryout with the Cavaliers. So I said, okay. So we're going over, and I'm averaging probably 35 and 15 because the competition there is probably, I'll say it's equivalent to Division II NCAA um, in the top competition in Australia is probably – uh, playing NCAA Division One, it wasn't at that NBA level, but it was it was competitive. And uh, season gets close to finishing in Australia. I hadn't heard from the agent, so I rang my um, I rang the manager of the of the team I was playing for. I said, "Look, have you heard from my agent? I haven't heard from him. We tried to call, and nothing's happened." And he said, no, um, so we, we tried to call again. Phone's disconnected. So oh, no. I, come to, 
Come to find out, the club, the agent had organized to get his commission fully paid by the organization. So he's got his commission from me and the other player who who they signed as well. And he just he just disappeared. <laughs> so he, he skipped town and I wind up um, doing my becoming good friends with the the manager of the actual team and I wind up staying another season and I played two years with them and then just bounced around Australia for eight years playing in in the Australian competition. Yeah, but that was probably that was probably a, a, a memory that I would would have liked to forget. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So you, you said you rang your agent versus yeah Paul, rang so, we, so so you rang it so that means you might have stayed in Australia a little bit longer then. Oh gee, when I because <laughs> we, we we don't ring we don't ring people in the U.S. usually. <laughs> well, John said he's going to get some you're going to get some Australian slang coming out of me, and there it is. Yeah, you got one. Dude, I, I called you. We we were chatting. Uh, you were in Australia last summer, and I was. Yeah. We were talking about doing this, and you said you were coming here. You turn around, and you you were putting, you were barbecuing something. Yes. You were barbecuing some fish and some shrimp. So how would you actually say that if you? Because your wife was behind you, and you were like, "I'm barbecuing," blah blah blah, and, and I'm like, "Oh my God, is this crocodile Dundee?" I know. <laughs> Well, well, we um, so talk about barbecuing some food there. Shrimp, 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 and prawns are the same. Except, yes. except um, if you say prawn, prawns are a lot bigger in Australia. So you can get if you say shrimp, you get in Australia. They're the little cocktail shrimps you get in the in the cocktail salad. If you say prawns, those are the big fat ones that you put on the on the barbecue. <laughs> So it's it's uh, it's 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 funny how the 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 language is English, but you got this slang that's that's quite quite different that you have to sort of adjust and and pick up. I think that the thing that really stood out was when uh, I first the team the team that I played for. I stayed with the family, um, Australian family, and um, what they used to do was set up all the food out for us, and then they go and do their thing. And they used to have what they call Vegemite, which is a—it's uh, just awful. The my kids love it, but I can't stand it. <laughs> but it's made by Kraft, and Kraft is obviously an American brand. So we 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 would call him up. I said, "What's this Vegemite stuff?" And he hesitated. He said, "It's like peanut butter." So I said, "Okay, so I'll try it. I'm 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 inexperienced. I'll try anything." So I spread it on a piece of toast and butter, and it was the most awful tasting. <laughs> and he, I described what I did. He said, "You're not supposed. You're only supposed to put a tiny bit, and then spread it out, and then eat it that way." I said, "Oh, now you tell me. Thanks a lot." <laughs> yeah, but it, it was. It, it's just a lot of the. And then when we go to a game, and we would say, "Who do you root for?" Now, um, rooting in our language here is is you cheer for the team, and that's your who you who you cheer for. Rooting over there is a sexual term. So, 
So I was like, well, who are you rooting for? And everybody in the in the room was like, um, nobody? I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and then they explained it to me. When you root, that's what you, oh, okay, I won't use that. I won't use that anymore. <laughs> it's, just, it's just catching up and trying to adjust and saying what, like, uh, flip-flops, as we call here. They On the perimeter. It's a 13-point Bradley advantage. Anthony Manuel, of course, in Stan Albeck's doghouse a few weeks ago. There's a miss by Jeff Harris. Derek Sanders with an offensive rebound. It was just a, it was just a challenge, and, and, and it was fun to sort of adjust and adapt. I think I've been there for 30 years now, so I've adjusted and adapted. But when I'm in Australia, they think I'm still – American, but when I come here, you can hear the difference. In, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. hear the difference in the, in the tone and the language and the words. Yeah, yeah. But the yes. playing experience was quite, quite, quite good. I mean, the competition, like I said, wasn't as as intense and 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 full on as it is in in Europe and the states. But um, it, it was it was good enough. It's getting better now. I mean, because it's a lot of players that that's come from Australia and they go and play the college college ball and then they bring that experience back so it's making the competition a lot lot stronger than it was in years past yeah I think St. Mary's lives off the uh, Australian players and they do oh yes well. St. Mary's uh, Xavier uh, it's a few players that's in the league now it's a couple guys I think one that McDaniels he, he went through the uh the high school level, um, Ben Simmons. Um, I played with his dad. He it's it, um, he went through the high school. I think they went down in Florida. They got a little like I don't know if it's AAU or whatever they AAU yeah yeah or they go through travel. that sort of system in in the high school system and then they work their way up and then over the years since I've stopped playing, a lot of the players they leave a little bit early. And I think they got a program now where the NBA and the NBL, which is the Australian competition, they're, they're, they do like an exchange program. So if a kid doesn't want to go through the college level, they can go and go through the professional level and play play over in Australia and then work their way back. But the G League now has is, is upped its game, so it's, it's keeping a lot of their talent in, in, in the U.S. instead of sending them overseas. Which is which is probably a good thing, you know, because it's better competition. All right, Derek. Here's where we close. Floor's yours. Oh well, it's great. It's great to sort of to reminisce on on the old times and 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 the school and the teams and I just uh, just hope hope hopefully I'll I'll get back in and more often than than not. I think my kids are a little bit older now. They're in there late 20s early 30s so that means i can travel a bit more so i'll, I'll make sure i i do make make more often trips back to the u.s but this winter guys i'm so sorry i just can't do this, <laughs> I, can't do this now. I live in uh i live in upper upper part of australia which is which they call tropical north so i i we get sunshine uh quite a bit and you get a little bit of chilliness, but nothing like this. So um, <laughs> you may you may see me in the winter 
but you may not. So <laughs> if you don't, we'll be doing podcasts and and and, and FaceTiming during the winter. So, <laughs> but um, no, it's it's good to it's good to see you um, see you, John, and and reminisce. I got an opportunity to uh, catch up with some guys. I think. Uh, ooh, when was it? It might have been five, six years ago when Matt came out because he 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 came out for work, and we got a chance to uh, to uh, catch up briefly when he was out in in Australia. So, if ever you guys make a trip out there, I'll throw some shrimp on the barbie and and we can <laughs> and we can have a good old barbecue and a beer, and that'd be that'd be awesome. So. Just thanks everybody for the opportunity to sort of share and reminisce on on uh, the good times I had at Illinois State. Yeah, and thank you for being on, big man. Right, you were a huge influence in in my career. And Sonny and Gerard and Randy all say hi. And so yeah. they, I mean, this has been just awesome. And yeah. so um, love you to death. So this has been episode fifty of bird fans forever with derek sanders john take us out any clapping we're supposed to get clapping for derek we're, we're not, not getting any we're, we're, we're i hit the button it's not doing it <laughs> <laughs> Thank <God. laughs>